This life unraveled. Each of us has a story. How many times do you listen to other people's stories? Like really, really listen. This Life Unraveled shares stories from all walks of life. Our purpose is to create a space for inclusivity, a place to be honest about our traumas, our successes, our failures, our stories, our truths. To share so that we can create understanding and compassion and to provoke our thought patterns. Are you willing to listen? It is recording. All right. So tonight, I am putting myself in the hot seat. I've been asking all my friends and strangers and just random people if they would like to share their life story with us. Oh, tonight. I don't even know where you're going with that. What? I'm just singing the song. I don't even know what song that is. I don't know, but it's got tonight in it. Okay. And you said tonight, so okay. it pops to mind. <laughs> that or Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. okay. My eyes are rolling, and you guys can't see that, but they are rolling. So I'm putting myself in the hot seat, and I am going to unravel my life for you guys. Uh, so obviously, uh, for anybody that knows me from social media, and most likely you do, because... That's where we advertise for this is social media. So if you follow me personally on social media or if you are my friend on social media, then you already know that I'm extremely open. I'm very public about everything. I mean, last year I had hemorrhoid surgery and everybody knew everything from the inside out. Um, and uh, some people think I'm probably too honest. Uh, sometimes I say it's a blessing and a curse. I'm also... Oh, eternally optimistic, which is a blessing and a curse. That may come up during the story. But, but, um, uh, yeah, like, I don't even know. It's kind of weird when I'm the one that's not asking the questions because I'm the one telling the story, Sean. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little weird. So every now and then I'm going to have to instigate my husband to speak because what I'm seeing already here is a pattern of, I already know her story. <laughs> I'm just going to stare at my phone. I just thought you wanted to talk. No want to just talk like I do I want you to actually you have to ask me some questions okay because if it's not you it's going to be the cat and it looks like he's bathing himself there's a cat that is bathing himself right now and he's going to be the one you can always let the dog appear and he no, can no, ask no, no. questions We're good. We're can good. I turn on Star Trek Discovery and watch while you're doing no oh my god <laughs> I'm going to beat you I'm going to <laughs> literally beat you okay so First of all, I'm going to give a disclaimer. I guess I got to pay attention now. Yes, he actually has to pay attention. And on a, on a side note, just for um just for poops and giggles, I am going to tell you that I bought him a shirt, and he is wearing a shirt that says that he will sell feet pics for gas. So anybody out there that you need the feet pics of Sean W. Sims, you just let us know because he is willing to sell them for gas. Just let me know this before or after shower and clip toenails or no clip toenails. Oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I swear I'm going to throw up. So um, I'm hoping that Sean can be, I guess you call it objective while I tell my story and maybe ask me some questions. So the this should be interesting. The cat is licking its booty hole. What? The cat. 
Oh my God, don't it's talk about the cat and what he's doing. I swear, I swear. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so, um, I do want to issue a disclaimer to my family. Um, there are things in my story that are painful that I want my family to know that there is no intent on my part for you to be hurt or for you to relive what's happened through my eyes. You have to remember that um, I'm telling this story through what I remember through my eyes and I may be wrong. There are times in my life I was a very young child. So um, this is my, some of it, it's my child's memory. You know, it's not, it's not a 40 year old's memory, which I don't know how much better that would be on all honesty. I'm not sure. But the disclaimer is that I don't want to hurt anyone because I hate hurting people um, with an extreme passion. So if you are family and you don't think you are ready to hear this, turn it off. Don't listen to this, please. Um, because, you know, there may be things that bother folks. So I'm going to start my story by saying that my parents met at church. Um, I actually live in the same town where I think my parents met. I don't know, but I know that my mom was going to church at Clayton Pentecostal Holiness Church. Now, I'm not talking Pentecostal. Like, we we were allowed to, like, cut our hair and we were allowed to wear makeup. Thank you, God, that we could wear makeup. Oh, my gosh. Um, we could do all those things. She could do all those things. But she was coming from a time when, like, um, you know, they'd been raised that maybe you shouldn't go out dancing. There's certain things you shouldn't do. Or some of that older generation before my mom um, kind of believed that. I remember my grandma only had clip-on earrings. They believed if you wore a certain kind of earrings, they were, they were like, called devil hoops or something. It was really funny. But, um they came out of a lot of old um, religion, but still really, really good people. Um, and so my mom met my dad when they were teenagers. And from what I gather, they were big believers in the purity culture and tried their best to wait for the marriage. As far as I know, I'm not going to get into details like that because I really don't know. And that's kind of gross. Say, well, you're telling your parents' story Yeah, that's right kind of gross. Like, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know. But th they met, right? They met. <laughs> and they got married on a leap day. And then when they got married, it was not long after that my mom, she was, I guess she was 19. And my dad was also, I guess he was 19 at the time. Let's see. No, my dad had, I know my conception date. <laughs> Is that weird? Yeah. It's okay. Well, I know my conception weird, date Adrian. because my dad wanted to go camping and my mom taught my dad out of going camping and it was on my grandma's birthday. I was conceived on August 24th, 1980. Okay? We don't need these kind well, of Well, now you details. know. Now you know. So, like, my mom, so my dad was 20, fresh 20, because his birthday was August 15th, and my mom was still 19. Um, so, I'm, I'm a teen pregnancy. I'm a teen pregnancy, guys. And, you know, my parents were already married. Um, I don't know what was said, but my mom... Um, my whole life or growing up would reference the fact that she very much did not want a child at that time. My mom didn't want children and she ended up having three of us, um, which I know now she does not regret. She's happy that she had three children. I know my dad is happy. He has three children. Um, but my mom, um, 
during that time, she must have said some things. She has never told me what she said, but she said that there were things that she said in regards to being pregnant about me, pregnant with me, that she would never want to repeat to me and hurt me. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what she said. I mean, maybe... I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate on that. I just know that it caused her a lot of trauma, however she felt towards me when she was pregnant. And then I guess uh, she changed her mind. She had me. I mean, I don't know really then. There weren't really any other options when you were kind of in a faith-filled family and you were already married and you get pregnant. Like, okay, well, you have the baby, you know? Right, Sean? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. You just have a kid. You're like, okay, well, we're pregnant. This sucks because I'm 19 and this is not what I expected, but we're going to have a baby. So I was born. My mom turned 20 on March 19th and on May 19th, I was born. Um, you don't have the milliseconds for that? I think I was born at like 4.43 p.m. Point yeah. what, what, what? No, I don't know the actual seconds. Hold on. Let me pull out my baby footprint. It's in my back pocket. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going I'm totally kidding. through a systematic detailing. Of your entry into the world there. Suddenly my head crowned. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't remember any of that, okay? I would hope not. I, I don't remember any of it. I will tell you, um, I have a brother that is 13 months younger than me. So apparently that whole baby thing, they wanted another one or they made another one or vi- or whatever. But they, they had another one. And then I have a sister that is four years younger than me. So there's three of us. Um, my earliest memory, legit not even lying, is me throwing a temper tantrum. I remember, no lie, being on my my granny's kitchen floor. I remember seeing my fist simultaneously flying through the air, pounding the floor, up and down, up and down. I remember snot. I remember slobber. I remember hair in my face. And I was screaming. And I remember looking at my granny, and she was holding a bald-headed baby, and actually, it was my brother who was so blonde that he looked bald. And my granny later told me I was mad because my parents had left me to go on a date. Dang. Yeah. That's my first memory. My first memory is me being like, like a rage. Such a drama queen. Yeah. And that, that's kind of intense for my, do you have a first memory, Sean? Just not to tap all into your story, but do you remember your very first memory? I don't know, like. If I had to categorize them by date, I, c- I couldn't tell you which became the other, but probably the most prevalent was riding around on my tricycle and arguing with my sister that I was about to turn, that I was already four when I was about to turn four. So, so like, that is your first memory? Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I was two when I had my first memory, honey. Maybe one and a half. Hands on the wood <laughs> stove. I don't know. Do you see my level of intelligence over here? What did you that? say? My level of intelligence. I was like one and a half, maybe two for my first memory. That's what I said. I couldn't tell you like which came first, but like I'm just I'm just staying. I'm just saying I'm impressed. That's all. With my With yourself? Yeah. I mean a little bit. Like I'm a baby that remembers stuff. I'm like a forty year old person that remembers my baby memories. Do you know there are some babies that remember being in the womb? Oh wait, I have one other memory. No, I don't are there really? (laughs) Is it already gone? No, are there really babies that remember being in the womb? Allegedly. Okay, so if any of our listeners remember being in the womb, I'm going to need you to message us. 
we're going to need to interview you, okay? Because that junk right there, that's different. I don't think we can stretch that out to a couple hours there, babe. Well, no, but I mean, we're going to start with your life story in the womb. You know, like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Don't you agree? Sure. I, I mean, I think it would be cool. Um, I do have one other memory that was like our early memory. And I don't remember my brother being involved, but I remember running around in a little blue bathing suit at the beach and my grandma Norris being there and my dad and my mom. Did it have polka dots? No. I was about to say, that was last year. No. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Are you being serious with me right now, Sean? (laughs) I know you're not. But those are some of my earliest memories. Now, I remember birthday parties. I remember playing with my dad when I was little. Apparently, I was very much the daddy's girl. Um, very, and oh, oh, another memory that was like maze balls. You want to hear it? Probably not, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you anyways, was waking up one morning and looking out my back door. It was the morning of my fourth birthday. Oh, look at me. I remember my actual fourth birthday and you thought you were four before you were four. Ha ha. Okay. I'm sorry. That's kind of rubbing it in. Okay. <laughs> it's nowhere in this relationship where I've ever hinted at being smarter than you. No, but you are. So much better looking, and you have Lies. so much talent. No, you have so much talent. Lies. So, my other memory, though, was I'm standing at the back porch on the day of my fourth birthday, and I'm getting a swing set. It was the best. I saw them putting it together outside, and it was amazing. Okay. A tennis uh, fist. So, some of my, uh, well, one of one of the most, God, I guess you would call it the most pivotal moment of my childhood I remember um, we were living in a house on West Dowling Street in Clayton. And I remember sitting in my dad's lap and my dad telling me that he had to leave because he'd kissed another woman. Now, I don't remember a lot of other details regarding him talking to me that day. But apparently, um, recently, I also found out that I was asked to take care of everyone. Um, I do remember the day he officially left. And I was four years old, my brother was three, and my sister was three months old. And on that day, I remember my mama crying, my brother crying, my baby sister crying, and I remember resolutely standing there being like, I will not cry. You will not break me. Like, I was like, gonna be so tough. You know, I didn't want, I don't don't know why, but at four years old, it was like I had to take care of the world, which in hindsight, dude, that sucks. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's really sad. It's kind of hard to like have a commentary on that sad moment. <laughs> but um, my grandparents on my mom's side were super helpful. Um, it was no time at all before we had to leave the house we were living in, probably because we couldn't afford it. And my grandparents had a bigger home in Clayton and they had like a little apartment on the side and we had to move into that little apartment. I remember my mom's bed was in the dining room. We kids had to all share a room. Um, yeah. So that was, I enjoyed being like right there with my grandparents all the time. Um, I also remember like my first, like, do you remember rotary phones, Sean? Oh yeah. That is what they had. Guess what my grandparents' phone number was? Three six five. No, that's I your mean, phone number. Five five three. Six 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 eight. 
I can't believe my granny kept it. Like, I'm kind of surprised. Did she know that you could even change it, though? I don't know. I don't know. Kind of based on their, like, Christian faith and stuff. Like, in hindsight, like, I'm kind of surprised that they kept it. Because now, let's pretend our conservative parents get a phone number with 666. Well, doesn't your dad's house number have 666 in it? I don't think. No, it's like, no. Not that. Not 666. Just two sixes. No, no. Look it up. Look oh, it up real quick. And don't say it on the thing because that's still an active number, I think. Yeah, it is an active number. So let me look up my dad's address. Do, 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 do. I know it doesn't. No, Sean, no, it's not. It's only one six. We're way off. No, it had. There's some more sixes in the zip code. There's a total of three sixes. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no I'm 100%. I'm not going to say the address because it's like wrong and I can't do that. I'm not no, I'm not that. wanting you to. I'm just saying there wasn't no address mixed with this. It was a. Phone number. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, okay, so I'm going to talk about growing up in the I area. thought you already Well, were. I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back now. We're, we're coming back around from the phone so, number. So, let me back you up. Oh, shoot. You're pretending to be me. <laughs> now, now, tell me about after your dad left. How did you feel? How did I feel? Are you being serious right now? I was talking about the rotary phone, and I was about to start telling you about my family. How oh, did yeah, I feel? You moved into the apartment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we no, moved. that's exactly where we are. It's just summing up the question that nobody asked you, and you're telling the answer. Oh, to. how did I feel? Um, you know, I don't remember a lot about my feelings. Oh, I remember being a weird little kid. I remember sneaking and eating chapstick. I remember enjoying watching Tammy Faye Baker mm. and Jim Baker. I would pull up a little stool and I watch. Enjoy watching them too, but probably not for the same reason. Why'd you like watching them? No, now I would enjoy No, 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 no. I really pulled up my little <laughs> child baby stool and went at four years old. I remember sitting at the TV and be like, oh, Jim and Tammy Farrell. Like, I was excited. Like, I was watching Before a cartoon. You, that's where your love for Diet Coke came from then. Oh, Tammy Faye? Yeah. She likes Diet Coke or liked it? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Google it. But, like, the feeling, like, you know what? I'll tell you this. Um, And, and I mean, I don't know if it'll come up more or not. It was very tough because I immediately felt overprotective. Immediately. I was extremely overprotective of my brother, extremely overprotective of my sister, not around my mom, around my dad. I, fe- I don't know if somebody said I needed to protect them around him and my stepmom. They weren't married at the time, but she later became my stepmom. Um, my dad had was actually having a romantic relationship with someone else that was the person he was kissing it went more than just kissing obviously um but he ended up living with this woman who is now my stepmother or as some people would call my daddy's wife I've just always referred to her as my stepmom so I was just always super protective of like I said my brother and my sister um to the point that uh I remember when I would be with my um stepmom and my dad that if they asked a question to my brother or sister, I would kind of give my brother or sister the look and I would answer the question for them. And there were multiple times growing up I had to be told they can answer for themselves, let them talk. But I was literally that protective. Um, uh, there's just a, a lot to unload here. I'm thinking kind of mentally through some things while while I'm uh, thinking about my story here. Um I saw a lot of pain in my mom that bothered me, that hurt me. She was extremely lonely and she was lonely for companionship. And as a child, that was very hard for me to understand. I remember trying to hug her and love on her and she wanted 
me to love her and hug her. She was fine with that, but she, it wasn't what she needed. And as a child, I didn't understand that. Now, as a grown woman, I completely understand it. Um, in fact, uh, recently, I had a friend ask me what my favorite place on earth was. And as I was thinking what my favorite place on earth was, I said it is literally being tucked into Sean's arm, like sitting with him on the couch or wherever. It does not matter where. I don't care where we are in the world. That's my safe place. That's where I'm the happiest. That's my favorite place on earth. So now, like, coming from that perspective, I can totally see how um, much pain my mom was in, how lonely she was. She was 24 years old with three children, four and under, right? Um, And at that time, you know, there wasn't social media. There wasn't things like that. So a lot of, um, and and I know a lot of people still do to this day, a lot of people find their value in the relationship with another person. And I fully believe that my mom felt like her value would be in finding a relationship with another man. But I'll tell you, the problem is that when you go to a Pentecostal holiness church and that's your whole exposure to the world, there are not new men coming to the church looking for a woman that's already got three kids. Most of these people coming in are literally looking for a pristine little virgin. This was back in the day now. You know, we're talking 1980s. So um, so I had to watch my mom lead a very lonely life. And that was sad to watch. Personally, I think my mom battled depression and has still battled it um, and never really got the help that she needed for it. Um also, I mean, as a child, I could not see the pain that my dad was experiencing, but I did later hear from my stepmom that he was absolutely miserable during this time, in pain, and really struggling because of leaving. Um, I think he would have preferred to stay at home uh, with us, but I think he wanted more than what my mama was willing to uh to give without telling too much of their actual story so um yeah so that whole childhood thing kind of my childhood was like it wasn't fantastic I remember some of my earliest memories are waiting for my daddy to pick us up so like we were supposed to go to my dad's like every other weekend and um I don't know if we did that often. I know that there were seasons in our life where we would only see him every so many months. And that was difficult for us. But I remember we'd all like stand at the window waiting. Like, daddy's coming, daddy's coming. You know, and we would wait and we would wait and we would wait and we would wait and we would wait. And And finally he'd show up. And I don't know if he was really late or if that was literally just us as children being impatient. But we would just... It felt like we were waiting forever. And then when we would, uh, he, he would show up, there were times that we'd go back to his house and hang out. But I'll be honest with you, most of my growing up was not spent inside my daddy's home when I visited. My daddy is very much an outside person. He's always busy. He's always doing stuff. Um, as a child, to me, it looked like most of what we were doing was work. Um, there were times we played, we had some fun, you know, he had a rope swing, not like a rope swing. He had like a fire hose swing in his backyard. That was really fun at one of his homes that he had. Um, we had bikes we would ride and stuff like that. But I remember times where we would quote unquote, go to visit my dad and we'd spend the entire day in the backseat of a truck. And I'm not talking an extended cab. 
I'm talking crammed in the backseat of a tiny truck. Um, Ford Ranger. Yeah, cab. stuff like that. I mean, it. so there were times that we never, like our whole visiting was like literally a whole day where we were just riding around all day. There were times where I felt we were having to do yard work and chores and things like that. And And as a child, I will say, I remember feeling like I was like almost like a slave. I was like, why am I having to do this? Um, in hindsight, he was probably trying to teach us stuff. He probably thought he was spending good quality time with us. But as little kids, we didn't see that, I would say, because we just saw ourselves having to work, you know? Well, it's like those things are normal in a family to have work days and stuff, but it, I imagine it just kind of sucked a little bit more for you because you only saw your dad like a day. Yeah, so days. like we so might see him a weekend. if you're doing chores the whole weekend, you're doing chores the whole time you're visiting with your dad. Yeah, and, and I have to admit too, when, when we were young, it felt like things were very toxic in his home in regards to us being there. Like it felt like he had to, I don't, I could be wrong, but it felt like he had to have permission from our stepmom for us to even be in the home. And then when she had grandkids, um, cause she is uh, 10 years older than my dad. So when, when she had grandkids that were born, it seemed like they were very welcome. And so that was tough because you're seeing these children that are like loved on and like welcome. And then you felt like you were a burden. Like you just felt like you were a burden. And, um, I remember in the first grade, I had an issue with my bowels. Is anyone surprised? Are you surprised? <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised, um, but it was, I guess I'd gotten constipated one time and like I went to use the bathroom and it hurt really bad and it scared me because I'm six years old. So it scares me. So before that, I had always been thin, always been thin. And when I um, ended up having this issue where I suddenly felt pain, um, I decided that the cure for this was to hold in all my bowel movements. I would just never poop again, okay? Well, I don't know if any of y'all know about this, but that don't work, okay? <laughs> it does not work. So I would end up bleeding. I would end up, um, I would be playing and the urge to go would hit so strong, but I'd be so fearful of going that I would go sit and try to control it and keep it in. It got to the point that my mom had to go to alternative measures to get me to have bowel movements, and then that scared the poo out of me, literally. So I began pooping again. But during that time, I became chubbier, and I started staying in the house more and that kind of thing. But I remember being at their house one time and I had that happen. And I remember um, them being upset that I had to go in and use the bathroom. And I was like, I just, I can't, like, I can't help it. But it was like, we would, if we spent the night, we would not get up until they came and got us up. I remember being afraid to make too much noise. I remember they, it, they weren't going to hurt us. It wasn't that. We were like the perfect children. We did not make noise. We didn't do anything. So we would like lay in the bedroom, me and my brother and my sister. And if we got too loud, they would come up and tell us to be quieter. So I remember like being so fearful that we were going to get in trouble. So I remember teaching myself to go back to sleep, even if I'd already woke up, because I could not leave that room. Like we weren't supposed to leave the room until daddy came and got us. Um, which, you know, I know that 
can be normal in some homes, but at my house where I live with my mom, that was not the norm. You know, like when I got up, I woke up, I left my room, I went and watched cartoons or whatever, you know, like at a volume of like zero because my mom had supersonic hearing. And if it was on a one and her bedroom was like in the dining room and the living room's right there because it's all an open floor concept, then she could hear you and it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, I remember one time they came and got my sister and it scared the junk out of me because I was so fearful and I was the protector, but she had been too loud that day. And so I remember it felt like hours that I laid up there worried about my little sister that had been taken downstairs because she was talking too loud. And in reality, I think they just carried her down there and let her sleep with them or something like that. But I was scared. I didn't know. And so I was very fearful. Um, I also remember like overhearing like when they would take us to church and stuff that our outfits were not good enough. I remember my brother had a, a corduroy um, pants that he was supposed to wear. And I remember basically we were told that we looked really cheap and we were took. I remember being taken shopping, but the clothes that were bought, I could only wear like they didn't go home with me. They stayed there for when I would go to church with them. So that Dang. so that would look a certain way when I went to church with them and um, I'm sure the same for my brother and sister. Is that weird? I didn't even <laughs> like, well, and then, it's hard for me to say cause I, my, you didn't have that life. Right. <laughs> but it sounds strange. Well, and then when I had, it's like, like, are you buying them for your kid or are you just buying them for your kid to wear when they're around you? It was only when I, we were with them. And I remember too, Christmas gifts and us not being able to carry home most of them. I think we may have carried home a few things, but I remember like racetracks and I remember other things that we had that we had and like games. I remember we had Mickey Mouse Parcheesi. Is it, was it called Parcheesi? That's a game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mickey Mouse Parcheesi, but we kept it there. We were not allowed to bring it back to our house. And I, I understand that now because we needed things there, but as a child, you don't understand that. I'm I'm seven years old. I'm eight years old. I'm nine. Why can't I bring my toys home where I live all the time? You don't understand that. Why can't I bring this new stuff home? And then eventually, you kind of just wouldn't see it anymore. And there was this one other really weird thing that I do have to mention. The toilet paper. If my brother and sister listen to this, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know you've heard me talk about this, but... In one of the homes they lived in in Raleigh, and they probably lived here one of the, the longest times compared to where they live now, um, my, I remember my stepmom only wanting us to use very little toilet paper. And I, it, this is my child's memory, right? So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think I am. But, like, if we peed, we didn't flush it. So the next person could pee on top of your pee. Now, if you pooped, you flushed it. Bless God, you flushed that poop. But when you peed, you were only supposed to use one square of toilet paper per wipe. And when you pooped, as you wiped, you were only supposed to use two squares of toilet paper. And I remember trying. God, I remember I was trying to be this perfect kid. And I tried. Sean, that don't work. <laughs> it does not work. I want somebody right now to go pee-pee and try to wipe with one square. You better have some triple ply or quadruple ply or a, something real strong, like a towel, <laughs> you know, and like pooping. God forbid, your finger is going to go through. And then there's going to be a giant mess, and it's just not appropriate, and it's not cool, and that's horrifying. But I do have good memories of my dad taking me to my grandparents all the time, his parents in Anger. Um, tons of family out there. I'm talking family land on top of family land on top of family land. They were all together. In fact, the road is named James Norris Road in Anger. So all of my 
family was out there, um, which was really cool. And to explain that for people who don't understand, you used to be a Norris. Oh, yeah. I used to be a Norris. And not only that, just a little little throwing in here. My grandparents, I think, are third cousins. My grandma was a Norris before she married a Norris. So, That's yeah. That's a lot of Norrises. Yeah, it's a lot. And so I tell people that my DNA runs very strong and that <laughs> most of us look the same. Like, I remember going in Andrew when I was working in Andrew as a teenager and being like, darn, I can recognize family a freaking mile away. <laughs> Why? Because, I mean, we all related. We all related. There was a pile of them. I mean, my grandma was like one of 14. And I don't remember. My grandpa had a huge family, too. and And so, and then some of them, like, I mean, obviously, they were the ones that were, like, distant cousins that had gotten married. But uh, did you know that in North Carolina, it's legal to marry your first cousin? It was years ago, which I think is gross. Do you hear me, Sean? Yeah, legal I've heard to marry that before. your first cousin. That's disgusting. I think it's disgusting. I have no desire to marry any of my cousins. Well, you know where that law came or why that's even there, right? Uh, no. Well, because back in the day, I'm talking, like, pre-Depression, there was not a lot of choice in neighbors like there wasn't many people who lived in these communities other than families Oof. and so sometimes you only had the option of like a distanter relative you know i'm ready to procreate let me find somebody that looks not so similar yeah and it may have been a little bit of the just trying to uh you know, you hear the saying, keeping it in the family. But, oh, you know, families against other families were always a kind of thing. You always, you know, yeah, didn't want to, like, marry into that family or marry into Ooh. that family. So. I don't know. It's kind of, it's all disturbing to me a little bit. But now it is. If it you is look now. at it in today's terms where there's millions and millions of people everywhere. But now, look, I no lie, people taking DNA tests now because, uh, I was listening to some other podcasts oh recently. <laughs> like, I mean, like there's there's some situations out there with some of these DNA folks, and uh, where dinner, but no, it's it's like where people were getting artificially inseminated back in the day, you know, and oh. there are situations where like there are fathers that have fathered. 70 children and so they've got to do a dna test literally to find out not if they're 100% that bitch not that you know that song well, I, I was about to say the what the dna test turned out i'm 100% percent Lizzo. okay so if they're not taking the dna test for that they have to take the freaking dna test to make sure they're not dating their brother that's pretty bad and i'm my own grandpa that is pretty bad so but um okay i digress obviously um but I had great memories at my grandparents. My grandparents were amazing people. One of the sad things to me was I remember that my mom was also very close to my grandparents. And I remember a day where we showed up the same day that my dad and I think my stepmom were there. And after that day, my mom was told, you cannot come over anymore I, I don't know if it was without checking or just don't come anymore or what, but she stopped taking us to my grandparents. But my grandparents were, um, my, my grandpa Roy was a 
Pentecostal holiness preacher, I mean, he was a spitfire. I adored him. He would get the yardstick after us, chasing us, <laughs> threatening to whoop us if we acted up, but he never did. Um, but I have some of the best memories growing up in their house with cousins and playing and playing out in the dirt and crawling under the beds and us all having massive sleepovers. It was so much fun growing up with cousins. Um, so, but one of the, this is kind of like a, a tiny sad tragedy. I really don't remember having birthday parties growing up, but my cousin was born one year after me on my birthday on May 19th. And uh, I remember going to his parties on his birthday. And I remember sometimes there would be a cake for me too. Like that my, I guess my aunt or somebody would get me a cake too. And now I kind of look back at that and I'm like, my God, that is sad. That is tragic. That is freaking tragic. Are you over there squalling? No. Okay, don't squall. I, w- I wasn't. Okay, just making sure. So, um, yeah, so love playing with my cousins. My grandparents on my mom's side, we would not have survived without them. My mom eventually had to start working again. She got jo- a job in a factory. It was very difficult on her. Um, and... I, we just wouldn't have made it without my other grandparents. I, a lot of times, say that for my other grandparents on my mom's side, like, it was almost like another mom and dad. Um, in fact, I did not want to hurt my daddy. But when I got married to you, I'm sure you remember, my grandpa walked me down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And my dad actually sat on the second row. I still struggle with some pain over that personally. Like, I feel a certain guilt over that. But in the same sense, like my grandpa, if I needed a pair of shoes, if I needed a pair of glasses, if I needed anything, he jumped on it. And he literally, um, I remember he took me to all my orthodontist appointments, things like that. So he he did things that a daddy does. Um, and he was there all the time. I mean, we would eat dinner. My, my mama really didn't cook. Um, I actually started cooking when I was a teenager. I remember my first meal that I ever cooked. I was so proud of it. I don't remember the size, but I made Sean, I took bologna out of the fridge and I fried it up and I was so proud. That was your first meal. I was so proud of that fried bologna. And then I taught myself to make chicken tenders. Oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah, you remember those, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were good. Everybody loved my chicken tenders, and I love some seasoning, and I love me some Atkinson chicken bread are on them jokers to fry them babies up. What's amazing is we thought they were so good, but and then we started cooking them later on, and the right way. Yeah, and like and they were so much better. But <laughs> like now, I don't even remember how I used to cook them. You would dip them in the flour right before throwing them in the oil. So but I didn't know any better. No time to soak in. You're right. You're right. There was and no egg you would batter just wash. Dump seasoning on top of oh, it. Oh yes. And we thought they were the best thing. And they weren't bad. Well, and here's the deal. Sean's saying they were the best thing because Sean was, was raised vegetarian yeah, until he so was that 18. Was, that was just so amazing he was like a forced, to me. I, I call it a forced vegetarian. But he actually, uh, what's the best way to say this? You were sneaking I was, me no, since I, you were 12. I, you were sneaking well, me. I don't know what age. Just like my granddad would throw me a piece here or there. Here's your bone, boy. But when I, <laughs> yeah, like 16 on. It was an open option because I was working and buying my own food. Yeah, so you you enjoyed the meat. So, yeah, now if we're going to have chicken tenders and they're going to be fried, is Adrian cooking them? 
No, Sean is because Sean's an excellent cook. <laughs> um, so I do remember like my parents fighting. I remember my mom getting remarried to some guy from a church that she'd met. I remember having a bad feeling about it. Um, I tormented the tar out of them. I was eight years old. And I remember every single night I had this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach and I could not sleep. Now, he only lasted about three months, I think, before my mama may have tossed a TV remote at his head for watching TV too loud. or It was something with M&M's. She was trying think, to sleep in the No, no, no. Uh, I think he stole her M&M's. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It was a pretty serious thing. It was a pretty I mean, serious thing. And she had bought him. Well, she had bought him a Father's Day gift, and she put his crap on the front freaking porch told him to get out kept his cat kept his leather belt so she could still whoop us god bless oh jesus and she kept the father's a gift she went and returned it and took us out to see honey i shrunk the kids in the movies that's a good movie that too. was like the best experience i don't think i really put two and two together at eight years old that she had done all that but now i gotta say kudos to mama <laughs> kudos to mama for taking me to see honey i shrunk the kids with the return Father's Day present. I love that. But um, years later, we found out, like, he was very abusive to his previous wives. And he had also been very abusive to um, one of his daughters. And um, I actually have uh, one of the things he used to do with me, which was really weird, was he would do what he would call play fighting. And I was eight years old. And I was like, oh, you know, ha, 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 this is fun. And then he'd get a little too rough and he would stop. Well, I think he was trying to lead into what was going to become a pattern of abuse. I don't really know. Um, I do remember us, we were going to call him something weird like Papa Bear or something. It was like completely weird. Like, I don't know why we were going to call him that. And my dad got really upset that we would call anyone else a name that had any significance like a father. You know, I do, I do remember that. Um, so... There's fun things, too. My dad, like, the personality. I was, was going to say that earlier. I was like, talk about some of the good stuff. So, like, he could do Mickey Mouse voices. He could do crazy Mickey Mouse voices. They were so much fun. Um, he was always known as being the crazy one, always extra, always out there. He's I, basically a male version of Adrian. Yeah, like, I totally get my personality from my daddy. I get a lot of good things from my mama, too, but... This personality of all out there, in your face, extrovert, it is 100% daddy. Um, and so I am very thankful for that. I'm thankful for my heritage with that. Um, you know, and I'm thankful, even though my parents were divorced and there were some times in our life that were very tough and difficult, um, they still raised me with faith. So, like, I still went to church Um I mean, I probably got saved a thousand times, but if anybody around here went to the kind of churches we did, you may have also been saved a thousand times. Every time a roving preacher came in. Oh, and I do have to bring this up. Like, so we've talked about our faith before on here, but we were, I remember, and this, I know the same thing happened to your family, Sean. Um, we had a traveling preacher come <laughs> through. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I remember him. him telling all these things that were horrifying. Like, he well, was, well a, like, little, a little bit more contacts, text, contacts. Contacts. <laughs> Give me some contacts, Sean. Yeah, late 80s turning into the 90s, there was this giant movement running through that particular type of church about the New Age movement and how everything coming out of Hollywood and entertainment was just all propaganda for the new age movement 
you know, Yoda was a significance, and they had it detailed in this no, book. No, not Yoda. Oh, God, yeah. He was a devil or a demon from such and such place, you know, and they had, like, ancient drawings of this little... I mean, oh, it looks no. like a frog, so you can have anything. Well, easy oh, God, drawn up. But anyways, it, it was a whole big thing where anything and everything Rainbow on TV... Rainbow Bright, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they would do these burning parties, not to jump ahead of you there, but... Seems yes. like we're just kind of talking about it. And they would talk about all the evils of the action figures and how they can store demons in it. Yes. And so we had to burn it because the only way to get rid of the demon safely was to burn the item. And didn't they tell you you might would see it rising? Yeah, out of don't the be don't be scared if you see different color flames. Well, you're burning plastic with paint on it. There's gonna be different color you know flames. Different I never color put two and two smells. together, Sean. <laughs> Different color smells, but different smells, you know. There's like, it smells so bad burning. I'm like, yeah, you're burning plastic and hair. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will never forget. And my mom actually apologized to me for this, and she felt so bad. And I do not hold her responsible. I will say that because she was doing, at that time, I, I what disagree. she thought. I really? disagree when it comes to that. It's like, how dumb and gullible were you to be able to just accept what this man was well, saying? Well, your mom burnt stuff, too. I wasn't singling anyone out, oh, okay. Adrian. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Please, yes. I'm not calling your mom dumb and stupid when I'm saying this. I'm saying... As the, a whole? Just the, the, the frenzy. It just proves the point of the political frenzy that you can whip somebody in just with words and fear. Because That's all it was so is they were peddling fear that, of items. And I remember feeling that fear sitting in the seat when my mama's hand raised up and she asked about things with the rainbow. Now, at that time, rainbow was all about God's promise. Well, I had just gotten a rainbow bright doll and he was like, you've got when to burn it. That was the time when they were basically saying that the, you know, what they called the gay agenda. You know, we've had the new age agenda. Now we got the gay agenda to put the rainbow on everything. Were they already Unless it the had seven colors, specifically a rainbow with less I'm than seven colors bright. on it. How many it. rainbow bright colors were there? And that's what they would go off as, I got to count the stripes on the rainbow to see how many colors it is. Oh, my God. So how many colors were in rainbow brights? I can't even type. I'm like, I don't know the answer to this. We even had a rainbow license plate, um, and we had to burn so that. So does everybody in Hawaii. We <laughs> had to burn it. So how many colors are in the are in rainbow bright Oh, you well. may have to put it in by year because they started doing them again. I don't know if it'll oh bring the same gosh. thing up. <gasps> oh, my God. Six. Um, well, it says seven color kids. I don't know. Red. I don't know. I'm confused. Well, they had multiple characters. They had many characters. Yeah. They weren't the colors. Though. The color kids. <laughs> but they weren't the colors. Imagine naming something that now. Oh, wait. Her rainbow on on her shirt. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Four. And a star. Okay. Okay. And then she had. And what way is the star pointed? Because that's significant too. Uh, It's kind of sideways. So it could be interpreted as an upside down star, which oh, is shoot. a pentagram. Oh, my Lord. Of okay. the goat. Well, I still remember that. My little rainbow bright. She was brand new. I was heartbroken. Yeah, heartbroken that they burn it. But I like, was with. I mean, my mom Ninja has apologized Turtles. to me specifically, and I appreciate that apology. And He Man figures. They burnt He Man. All of them, man. My cousin had given me both Castle Grayskull and the other uh, Snake. 
whatever Skeletor's Kingdom was called. See, I don't even remember it now. But uh, I had all the sets. I had all the figures. Oh. And I love those things. Sean, how it's, traumatic is this? This one part of our it, childhood. You know, relatively speaking, it was so minor compared to other people's <sighs> stories that we've even had sitting here telling. these. But these are... It's really almost is, at this point like I laugh at the memory too, but back then it was very traumatic. It was traumatic as a child. I Get was a little like closer to your microphone. Five there. years old when you burned in my rainbow bright doll, and then and then you were, uh, were you allowed to watch Yoda? Um, they loved Star Wars so much. There was a short period of time I feel like I wasn't really encouraged to watch Star Wars. Yeah, but then their love for Star Wars kind of came over. That is actually. I think very amusing. <laughs> I, I, I was not allowed to watch He Man. I, I well, eventually I couldn't. And uh, Thundercats, and I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, there was every show had something. No matter what show it was, it had. Something. Yeah, it was like a unless religious. It was, it was an issue. Unless it was produced by like the uh, the the Bible. What was it like? The time traveling windmill. Oh my god! Cartoon. I don't even remember what it was called now, but. There was like oh, 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 um, Nickelodeon at that time. No, no, no. It was a Christian-based oh, thing. No. Yes. Not not Pinwheel, Pinwheel, Spinning Around. Oh, okay. Around, I thought you were talking about Pinwheel, Or Eureka's pinwheel. Castle. Not that. I'm talking about this was like a Bible-based production company made these Christian cartoons where this professor and these two kids would go back in time in this windmill Is that house. Odyssey? Yeah, may have, no Odyssey no. Adventures or that something. That was after or? that. That was think, like an updated version of what I'm talking oh about. Oh my gosh! And they would go meet Bible characters and stuff. But, but you couldn't watch it on regular TV, could you? No, that's what I'm saying. It was only videos. You could only get that in like a video cassette. So form. your Saturday morning cartoons were limited. No, no, I, I don't get me wrong. I still watch Saturday morning cartoons like Gummy Bears and. How you get away with that junk? Because I won't get away with it at my house. They weren't awake for one thing. Oh no! There ain't no way. <laughs> There ain't no way anything that had a spiritual annotation at all, I could not watch. But you got to think, I mean, most of the cartoons on Saturday morning were like Garfield the Cat. I, for an oh, hour. I was so bored with Garfield, but I <laughs> pretended that he was my favorite cartoon in the world because I didn't have a freaking choice. Right. Okay, so Garfield was my favorite, even though secretly I was like, my God, I'm bored. Looney Tunes, Literally. you know, always acceptable. Yeah, Looney Tunes were acceptable. I remember that. And I mean, God, now you couldn't find Looney Tunes hardly. It may be on the WB streaming app, but HBO. But back then, I mean, it played every morning from like five to six. Or I don't even remember the times, but it was like super early in the morning. Uh -huh. It was just nothing but Looney Tunes on one channel. Oh, yeah. Remember Winnie the Pooh came on last? That was on Saturdays. Yeah, on Saturdays. It came on last. And that so was you ABC, knew, yeah. You knew when Winnie the Pooh came I on. I hated that show, so I would always, I'm like, ah, done. That or Soul Train would come on. Oh, right, right. When Soul Train would come on, you'd be like, well, Saturday morning cartoons yeah, are over. Yeah, cartoons are over. I guess Please I got to do Please, God, don't let my parents put me to work in the yard. That's Please. exactly what I was about to happen. God. It's like, as soon as the cartoons are done, you got to go work in the garden. And no! so Soul Train, I'd be watching every single one of those cartoons and this Soul Train hit, and it's just a hard stop. It's like, I can't fake it no more. This isn't even remotely a cartoon. I can't do this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, could, we couldn't get away with that one, so. Do you remember in the afternoon? We're, we're going off on some I know, but it's stuff. fun for us to digress a little, because this is still our life. I was we can have the, happy moments. The after-school special that you hated, and it would, like, interrupt yeah. all the good shows. Yeah. For that lesson teaching school What about any time the president had a special announcement? All well, the TV shows. Gone. Everything. Yeah. And then you couldn't get it back. Yeah. You were like, screw my life. Yeah. 
and you would record things and, and your they VCR didn't, didn't stop record. The, the show that it was broadcast over the top of, they wouldn't stop it. So they keep would, it playing. So, so it would screwed. just pick back up 25 minutes into a 30 minute program. And you, and you didn't know what happened. The last five minutes. Yep. Like, I'm so lost. Yep. I remember being poor too and not being able to go to the movies a lot. So we would have to wait for the movies to release on TV. And it oh, felt yeah. like then it was at least a year. Two. I think it was like, like two years. Like a year or two. Yes. Well, it's because the movie, like the uh, production studios, they had a deal with how quick it would go to VHS. We have, like, kids these days have no idea. And then it was a certain amount of time after it went to VHS that they would release the licensing to be bought by a TV station so they could play oh. it. So it was a deal to help the the VHS rental stores make money. Man, I remember going in a rental store and just that feeling of picking up a movie yep. and knowing you were bringing that thing home. It just felt so good. I miss it, though, because it was a whole event. It was like well, it really out. was. It was a way to you could get out of the house and not be in the same spot for forty eight hours straight yeah. because now you can just watch whatever, click rent, done. Right. Then you had to get up, go to the rental store, and then like I want to grab some snacks, and you go grab some snacks and yeah. or a pizza or something. Then you come home and you're anticipating putting the movie in. Yeah. And it sucked when they put the wrong one in the container and then oh you'd be my watching. gosh, that was worse. Or if they didn't rewind and you're like, really, it says be kind, rewind on here. What's wrong with <laughs> you what is wrong with you and some people had like special separate things that would re rewind oh yeah we have one it was the oh, I, didn't, I, was well, I didn't have believe one. me we didn't pay for it oh you probably got it from somebody yeah somewhere that's funny look on a side note too my daddy used to work for a garbage truck industry and he used to bring home the best oh crack. man dumpster diving was he used to bring home the best stuff event back then man. man he would bring home awesome things he would find. I even remember like a little ring he found one time with like opal on it. And I was like, oh, that's so pretty. I think it turned my finger green, but I think the opal was real. <laughs> you know, but it was still, it was like a really cool thing. I don't want anybody to think like, I know my story, my background is a little interesting for people that don't know it. I don't want to cause pain or hurt or anything like that. But that was a very fun uh, little, little step we took there in a different direction. I like that. Yeah. Maybe we'll take a few more steps. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the faith thing. That's where I, you were. Another thing, too, I remember that I really admire about my mom is um, everybody else be getting baptized like crazy. No, you know, like Catholics and people like that, they baptize pretty early on, I believe. They sprinkle, sprinkle. Sprinkle, sprinkle. But we a dunker. Okay. So my, I remember friends being baptized at young ages, and my mom did not want us to be baptized until we fully understood and wanted to do it. So I was 13 before I got baptized, and I very much respected that. Um, and I do have to say, like, I've never gotten rebaptized. A lot of people get baptized over and over. I'm, I've been like, I'm good, boo. I did get saved a thousand times. I mean, some of these hot Sundays, I'd be thinking, mm, that water sure would feel Better good. jump in that pool and take Jesus as my Lord and Savior all over again. <laughs> I want to be cleansed. Cleanse me now. Cleanse me now. That was so refreshing. Um, let's. I'm going to think here. Um, and so, obviously, too, me and you, we were raised in purity culture. So, like, I remember uh, Sean and I actually met. We're going to kind of jump ahead in the story here. Uh, we met when you were just fresh 14? turned 15. 15 so you had okay. just turned 15, like, the week before. 
I was still 16 at the time we met. She was 16. We show up. We've been, I've been going to this church my whole life. Clayton Pentecostal Holiness. My whole life. The church had like nobody left, Sean. Nobody. And I was the one holding my family there. Like my mom. Oh, stop. When we left the church, me and my brother and my sister and my mom, they kicked the pastor out. Do you hear me? Okay. Do you hear me? Yes, I hear you. You know why? Because, because y'all my left uncle was one of the deacons. Like yeah. my family ran the church. And it was they were a, like, you it made was them a leave. family possessed church. Yeah, it wasn't like a. Church. It wasn't like the actual church. What's hilarious to me about that whole situation was the pastor that was at the church where we met was kicked out by that church as well when he first started pastoring. Oh, I forgot that. That is funny. <laughs> okay, so well, we end up going to a revival. And uh, nobody else will find that funny but us. But. Yeah, nobody else will find that funny but us. But yeah, the revival. Go to this revival, and I very much notice you because we have on. Oh, you're talking. Okay. You have on blue suede shoes by Airwalk, Airwalk. And I own the same pair. Same pair. I don't show up in that pair, but I'm like, dude, I own those shoes. And I remember telling you. Those were some of the first unisex shoes that were like. Well, I was kind of in a little bit of a grungy. Like I would. Yeah, because Converse wasn't accepted in the nineties. Nobody wore Converse. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Why? I just never caught on. But Airwalk. The Airwalk was the big. Yeah. So I had the same pair of shoes as you. Giant pants and Airwalk. Oh my God! You had the biggest pants ever. You had some big pants. I remember you were very different, and um, uh. One of our close friends had her eye on you, so I was not, um, you were not available. I'll say that. You didn't know you weren't available, <laughs> but a girl that is respecting her friend is not going to traipse on, you know, somebody else's potential property. No oh, That sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. But I will say, after all these years, we're all still very close. We're still great friends. Oh, yeah. Um, Some of our closest friends, honestly, like, we love them. Uh, but... I remember I was friends with you, and I remember thinking, this is my best guy friend, and Sean would look into my eyes and not miss a beat. Like, he would be, like, just staring longingly into my eyes, and I was like, is he, is he, like, staring at me? Like, I'm kind of confused here, and I remember he did a few things that showed a protectiveness and a little bit of a fierceness towards me. And I was like, is he throwing hints? And he would make me mix tapes, guys. <laughs> mix tapes. I to need to fair, get a tattoo I made of that. everybody mix no, tapes. No, I know you made everybody mix tapes. But on he would put subliminal messages on them. And I am sure that somewhere in the garage or in hidden, the attic, so I have got these. Um, somewhere. Maybe, we didn't find them when moving, I, I know, we didn't see them when we moved. But they've got to be somewhere. Maybe we found one. I don't know. I don't know. But Sean... Would put like you would write. I know this sounds right, shocking, people. All right, I just thought of this one fact. It was about the mixtapes. Yeah. Not specifically the ones I made you. But oh, and they were general. Christian mixtapes. Well, Christian music. Well, it's that's a, all we it's were a allowed. Whole different world back in the nineties, man. Different you world. had your own. Anyway, but the tapes where I would get them would be giant bags of Perina food. Because we owned goats. And so it was just some stupid thing. They would have like a tape in a bag of food, like something in a cereal box. I don't even know what You're was on the tape. you telling me now that my tapes, my mixtapes you made me came from a goat feed bag? Good chance, yeah. Wow. 
I never would have thought that. Talk about. And I would erase the tapes and then make whatever. No I way. Them. He was so smart, guys, even back then. Who would have thought the little mixtape mixologist would now be podcasting and like playing music and all the things? Not really. All the things. Come I on. think all the things. I'm impressed by you, Sean. You don't have to be impressed by yourself. Okay. But like on that whole Christian mixtape thing, I'm just going to digress for a second and say here that I was allowed to listen to oldies country and christian anything else was Yee-haw. satan i mean maybe some motown. i, w- I, I, I could even... listen to motown really yeah because it was like oldies too motown it was always like a teeter-totter for that oh, no. with us it's like some yes some no but country no everything else of course no yeah no i grew up on like little salty praise tapes um for donut man no that was like Come a little on. psalm book that he would sing his christian I've got that joy, 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 Please joy don't, no. down in my heart. Stop Where? Stop down it. in my heart. Just stop Where? it. Down in my heart. <laughs> Imagine kids bop just 20 times cheesier. I've got that piece that passes understanding down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. Because I'm so happy. So, so very happy. happy. <laughs> right, I've got stop. the love of Jesus stop. in my heart. And I'm so, I know. I will like, cut you off. I know. I know. But this is how we grew up. So, like, I was only allowed to listen to that kind of stuff. So, when I was about 14, Hurricane Fran hit. And when Hurricane Fran hit, I started hanging out with my cousin Heather. This September. is pre Sean, guys. We're going to kind of kick it back a little bit here. And she introduced me to people like Jewel. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aerosmith, all kinds of people. Guys, I was so afraid that I was allowing Satan into my heart. I'm not lying. I'm not lying because we had watched this show in church. Hales Bales. In teenage church called Hales Bales. And they were talking about even people like Whitney Houston. They were talking about all these people that you knew. Again, Part of the new age, part of our agenda. culture that, but this was part of our church culture. Yeah, growing up, and we were basically told all of this music has backtracking in it, meaning that if we were to play it backwards, you would hear the message that <laughs> Satan has put in here. Satan was the angel that fell from heaven. He was Lucifer. He fell from heaven. He was the minister of music. Why do you think that secular, that means worldly, music is so catchy? Because Satan was the minister of music in heaven, and he fell. Does that not, like, ring a beat with you? Like, do you not be like, oh, my God, you are so right right now? Yes. Yes. And it's and it's kind of like... Has nothing to do with the experience of the people making the music is 10,000 times better than the experience of the other people making music. Yeah. I. It was just... But, but we were very much raised in a fear culture. Oh, no, that's if you boiled it down to one single thing, that's that's all you'd have to say. Yeah. Because everything was controlled by fear. It really was. Fear of getting in trouble. Of, oh, my God. You know, a fear oh, Sean. of going to hell. A fear Dude, of... I was the perfect child, and let me tell you why. I mean, I may have eaten chapstick fear. secretly, but I was the perfect child because my mama had told me that Jesus would tell on me. And I was legit always like, Jesus going to tell on me. Jesus going to tell my mama. Jesus going to tell my mama. He was always what watching, What kind of y'all. best friend tells on a best friend, though? Oh, shoot. You sound like the righteous gemstone, kind <laughs> of. And like, But you're right. But like, I truly believe that. And even in my 20s, look. I don't know. Jesus might be telling my mama something right now, Sean. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm freaked out. 
Josh Allen a freaked out. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a lot when you think about it. But I was taught that. And so. It's the devil, Ricky Bobby. From a parenting perspective, smart move. Wait, not Ricky Bobby. What? Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. With the big Boucher. Devil. Yeah. Well. Little so, mama. Yeah, the purity culture. The devil. Oh. I'm sorry. I just kind of jumped in my notes there. Purity culture, too, though. What? When you and I, I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place here. We, you and I, we're going to go back now. Thank you, Heather, for introducing me to worldly music. I love you for it. My life is better. My life is better. Guess what, guys? Didn't burn in hell. Not going to burn in hell. Well, you I'm ain't fine. dead yet. Satan didn't get in my head. What'd you say? I said, you ain't dead yet. I ain't dead yet, but I really feel good that Jesus enjoys a lot of this stuff I listen to as well. You know? Mm. I mean, when Love Shack comes on, I can see Jesus shaking his tambourine. <laughs> Love Shack, baby. He got you him know. a Chrysler as big as a whale. Yeah, He's about, about to swallow to Jonah. Sail. It's about to sit sail. Okay, I don't want to go on the Jonah thing again. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that in other podcasts. So, when me and you met, um, young, we start dating, though, when, like, a few weeks before you turn... It was June. It was, Ju- it was July sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Barely July sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. We started dating. So here's what's weird. Since I was five years old, I prayed for my husband. I, because of coming from a home that was broken, should have been a little more specific. Well, I really like what I ended up with, Sean. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're over there wearing that shirt that says that you're going to sell feet pics for gas. I mean, is there a better option? I don't think so. But God knew what he was doing when he put me with you. Or the universe or whatever. I'm just kidding. So I used to pray for my spouse specifically, right? I used to ask God if he would show me who I was going to be with in a dream or something like that. Blah, 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 whatever. When I was 17, I was on a beach trip with my family. And I got really, really upset one night. And when I went to sleep, you came to me in my dream and kissed me on the cheek. And in that moment, it was weird, it was weird. In that moment, I felt such a peace. And when I woke up the next day, I was like, oh my God. And I started thinking about those longing looks, the way you protected me, these mixtapes you were making with subliminal messages. He would write things like date me on there. I was not a stalker. So it ended up, I wake up and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, then I'm on vacation for like a week. I get back. You go on vacation for a week. Where do you go on vacation, Sean? Where's your family's favorite place to vacation when you're growing up? That particular time, ladies and gentlemen, we went to Col- was it Columbus, Ohio? Rod Parsley's, Parsley's camp meeting. People like Kenneth Copeland. So I had real family vacations. My mama, I just thank you so much because no matter what, as a single mom, we went to the beach once a year and we camped in the mountains. Amazing, right? Like, I I give her so much props for doing that as a single woman. You had a few fun family vacations, and then you went to this camp meeting. I remember when you got back, like, I'm missing you so bad, but I remember when you got back, you were like, dude, people were peeing in the corners. So, can you please, so I know this is supposed to be Adrian's story today, but I need you to explain the most meanest people that are Christian that pee in the corners at these events. <laughs> it won't their fault. The people that were having so to pee in the corners. So why did these people pee? Uh, it was a big place already, but it was not big enough for everyone that was coming from all over the U.S. Because this was when Rod Parsley was kind of at the tip top of you know his pinnacle yes. rise. 
And he had T.D. Jakes preaching. He had... Uh, Joyce Meyer? Yeah. Was she there? Kenneth yeah, I mean, Copeland? No, he wasn't there. It, was, it wasn't that... Because they did their own separate thing. Oh, okay, okay. It was. Uh, I, I don't even want to try to remember. But it was a lot of people, a lot of famous preachers for the 90s. And so you would wait outside till the doors opened. And if it was somebody that you really wanted to see, like a T.D. Jakes night or something like yeah. that, people would line up hours ahead of time to get in and get the good seats because yeah. there wasn't enough seats for everybody. And they weren't like reserved seats. No, it was first come, first serve. Okay. And then they had an overflow I have a feeling this section. is where people get mean. And people started because, you know, the ones that – and we – did it one day, and then our friends that we were with did it the other day. And now I would never agree to do anything like that, but they would stand there and hold a spot, and then you'd do whatever you want all day, and then come back at the last minute, and they'd have a spot. God, for that you. sounds like a miserable day for the person waiting. Oh, God, horrible. And so people didn't want to do that, like wait all day, so they would come at the last minute and come to the sides of the line at the front, and so it would be like everyone trying to crowd in from oh. the left and the right. And they didn't the people they didn't have enough ushers or any ushers outside to even notice. And so when they opened the doors, it was literally like a human stampede. Good God! And they were running in so fast that they had to close the doors to the actual sanctuary because it was like a round building with like a foyer that went all the way around yeah, to yeah. get to the different places. And then the very center was the actual sanctuary. Uh huh. And so when they locked those doors till everybody got a seat because they were worried about overcrowding and people yeah. getting hurt. They weren't letting any of the people that were in the sanctuary back out into that area to go to the bathroom. For one, they couldn't have got anywhere if they wanted to. Like they'd have just been like stuck on a yeah. human wall. And they're like, well, we have to use the bathroom. And then some people, I guess it got so bad, they just sat right there next to the doors and just peed and did whatever, you know. Did people poop? I have no idea. I don't but really. You know, <laughs> I know. I remember y'all coming back and you're talking about people peed. But also, I remember y'all talking about they were the meanest people in the Oh, they would lines. cuss you out, man. They would cuss you out. And, and then they could be praising Jesus two minutes later. Like, here's my deal, y'all. Here's my deal. Always has been. And I think it's the same. I know it's the same for you. I'm married to you. The person that you see at church is the same person you're going to see at the bar, is the same person you're going to see at a friend's house, is the same person you're going to see at a house. Unless I'm napping, she different. That girl different. Don't mess with her. But look, <laughs> I'm going to be the same person all the time. You're going to be the same person all the time. So, like, the fact that these people would cuss you out and be ugly to you and be all crazy, and then they're going to be up in there two minutes later and be like, praise Jesus, hallelujah, I'm here for my healing. I'm just like. I can't. Well, I mean, honestly, though, it, those people were probably more the normal people than we were because we were raised in such a way that we were literally in a cult's mindset. Oh, like, well, yeah, you're right. We didn't think that was even an option. Those people we felt were so bad acting that way because they were just going to hell, you know? You know what? You're right. But and looking I, at, like, God. if you saw them now, would you feel the same way? You know, if I went back now, I'd be pissed off at us because we'd be sitting there with one person holding a spot for 10. For 10, you at know? least, probably. Right. So what I really, that whole story, the moral of it was they were not prepared for the thousands upon thousands of people that they had in that building. And they didn't want to rent another one because then they'd have to pay a rental Do fee. Do you think they were greedy? Oh, I know they were. The first thing he said out of his mouth when the thing started that week was, I want your money. I he need your money. Give me your money. That was the first kidding? thing. He, no, I'm not kidding. And they planned camp meetings, so it fell on his actual birthday. 
Also, then you're not giving him a just gift. his birthday. You were expect to give a gift to Rod Parsley. Oh shoot! It also fa- so happened to fall on his anniversary of when he started preaching, and so you had to give what him another gift. What a miracle! Oh yeah, it's amazing it fell on that one. I've week been in churches where we were locked in because the spirit was moving, and you were not allowed to get up and get out. Oh yeah, and I've been in churches where they had not collected enough money and they passed the bucket again. Yeah. And they wouldn't let you dis. They, well, they don't hold you hostage, but they would not dismiss the service until they got to the number they wanted. Yeah, I very much struggle with the money thing, even now to this day. There are things uh, I'm not going into too much detail here, but I well, just, again, in I the struggle. '90s, it was a huge. It was right in the middle of the whole prosperity gospel. Oh my gosh! Thing. Yes. So you you're going to be debt free. And it all depended on how much money you gave above and beyond the how big your blessing was going to be on well, the other side. And and I'll be honest, I do believe in uh, you reap what you sow regardless. If I put positive in the world, I get positive back. That's a universal law. It's a universal law, though. I don't, but we, the way we... The way it was portrayed, like it very much came across as this is because we're God's chosen people and we're being obedient. Yeah. And and that is why we're blessed. Not the universal law. Not that it would happen for anyone else. That if the same, well, not really. I mean, sometimes, like if you reap what you sow, like with planting and that type of thing. But God won't curse you, but if you don't give your 10%, bad things will happen to you because his hand of protection won't be yes. on you anymore yes. because you're not in covenant with God. Uh, yes. And in fact, that gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> and you are not wrong. You are so not wrong. And I'm glad that we kind of got off on this whole tangent with my story because it is a big part of my story. And I think it helps people understand who we are. And I think too, um, we were very much taught. I, I remember seeing leadership do wrong and hearing the words but God's word says touch not my anointed and the giftings and the callings are without repentance meaning don't you say a bad word about them and no matter what they've been gifted and they've been called by God so there you can't say anything yeah you have no right you, you have no legs to stand you can't on. take away God's anointing only he can yes so no matter what they've done wrong yeah. You didn't talk bad about those people. So I even remember um, during COVID, and can I say I'm glad the, the bucket passing has stopped. Now, if people <laughs> want to give, they give, but a lot of that has stopped. Well, to be fair, that's what we've witnessed personally. That that's doesn't what we've mean witnessed that's the at the way churches we're at. Else. And I appreciate the fact that it's more of a choice instead of a forced thing or it feels less forced i'm sure they get less money that way though because the pressure of the person to your left and right seeing you put your hand in it's dropping something you know oh uh the majority of the time that i have given has been from a pressured heart yeah that sounds bad that sounds very bad and there's a lot of people right now probably like oh adrian and i really don't want to go much deeper than that but and you have to you have to remember no you don't have to remember but you Context reasons, you know, the way we saw it was also colored by the lens of what we came up in. Yes. You know. I mean, very much. Yeah. You know, it it could be just a, a simple, non-aggressive act at a normal place. But that <laughs> wasn't what we well, I mean, we've, we've witnessed to. God, Sean, to. we've been to some places where the sermon about tithing was 20 minutes or longer. Oh, you mean the pre-sermon sermon where they have to talk about... You know, the you have one preacher gets up and he just yes. strictly talks about giving. 
And I'm like, can you please move on with the service? <laughs> I don't want to hear for 20 minutes why we need to put our money in there. I just want to hear the message I came for today. Yeah. So, yeah. I you don't... can always count on that particular message around tax season. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um. So, I have to say, I'm... The, the purity culture thing, we're kind of going to go back to that. We were raised to, we better not have sex before we get married. And we did not have sex. But I will go ahead and openly confess. Should I openly confess, Sean? No, uh, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. We, we did not put the dong in the hole. No, we did not. But we did everything else. No, we did not. <laughs> Almost. No, we did not. We didn't put the dong in the rear. I we don't want to put the dong in the rear. Adrian, we didn't where put are it you anywhere. going with this? I don't know. I'm trying to like rein you back. A I little think bit he's here. scared about the people listening now. I am I'm not. Be like, did Sean but touch what I my am breast about before I was married? Is you making people think we did all kinds? <laughs> of okay, stuff. we didn't. We, we didn't do didn't. weird stuff. We didn't do. We didn't do weird stuff. We did completely normal, very heterosexual things with one another. That we feel extreme guilt about. Yeah. Not in the moment. In the well, moment, yeah, it was fan freaking tastic. But then the minute, like, you know, go, go to church on a Sunday morning, come home, maybe touch someone's privates, maybe, maybe. Okay. Go to church that evening. And when you walked into church, you were like, oh God, I'm going to burn. I'm a sinner. <laughs> and to be fair, that's probably the best. Manipulation they ever pulled on us, though. You know what? <laughs> the the dong did not go in the hole, right? It until worked. we got married, it and worked. then that felt like such a special moment that I cried. And in hindsight, I I guess, um, I I don't know, I don't know. I ended up crying because we finally had the sexy time. So, um, I will say that I'm super thankful. Uh, my mom was open talking to me about things, even though she was not married. Uh, and kind of like giving me some advice and stuff. But we had friends that we would very openly ask questions to. And they helped us a lot, I think. So I um, am thankful that we kind of had a foundation going in. We were not like the Duggars. I had to we, step away for a second, so I have no well, idea we what we're Well, we were not like the Duggars about. where we like got married and then we were like, um, what do we do with this part right here? I mean, we weren't you like You don't that. know that that is... You are projecting, ma'am. I don't want to project... There are some people, maybe not the Duggars, there are some That's what I'm saying. Sean, you named them specifically. I'm sorry, Duggar family. I wanted like to publicly apologize to everyone except for Josh. Okay, so... Is that bad? What? What I just said. The whole thing? It was, it was I mean, fine. I wouldn't even have done the apology, but okay, I'm okay. just saying. We all know that there's people that have waited till they got married and did not know what happened with what and where what went and were in quite a shock. Okay. We had talked to enough people that we knew some things. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems pretty self-explanatory after a certain Okay. Part. I did not know that most women cannot have the big O. That's different. That's completely different. Well, I didn't, those are things that I thought were important, though. So that then, so that what? then, yeah. And also, I remember being taught, being told that um, the first time it would be very, very fast. And then apparently, Sean felt like he had something You're to just prove there. Going all in. Okay, but yeah, I'm not going to go any more detail than that. That's it, guys. That's <laughs> it. I don't think this is interesting. To I would any like to say they're going to laugh. They're going to laugh. 
we broke our bed so many times. <laughs> we were fat. We were both fat. And my mama was like, I ain't never heard of two fat people breaking their beds so much. And I was like, well, well we're to very be fair, active. It was just the we had some bad horrible beds. repair work. We had some work bad beds. The last bed, though, that we had lasted freaking forever, and you bolted the bed together. You were like, oh, hey, that thing was made out of solid wood from Mexico. There were multiple times I could have died. And yes, I know it's from Mexico because it was printed on there. I, the guy yes, that I got really it from got it from, from Las Vegas. So it's a little closer to Mexico. So another thing. Oh, my goodness. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. My child is texting me wanting to know if I if I'm I good and how's the podcast going. <laughs> yes. I'm good. Okay. Um. God forbid they listen to this. I know. Well, we, yeah, let's, God forbid. Um, my mom, we're going to kind of really backtrack now. So we're dating, purity culture. I know we kind of like scooted all into marriage just then, but we got married young. We got married when you were 18. I was 19. And we did that because you saved me from you, a bad situation. You, you weren't 19 yet, were you? No, yes. you were about to be 20. I was about to be 20, day. so I was 19 when okay. we got married. And I turned 20 like a month later after we got married. Right. Short of a month. Um, so when I was 19, my brother was 18. I think my sister was 15. My mom, um, we had a family friend that we would see every year at the beach because we went on family vacation the same time every year. And um, he was getting a divorce from his wife and my mom and him hit it off. And my mom went to visit him. And then when I was, I was, house sitting for someone in Garner. I worked in Garner at the time and I like I said I was 19. I was still living at home. Um my mom called me and told me that she was going to move to West Virginia to be with this man and that I was welcome to go, but if I didn't want to go I needed to figure something out. And I was pretty devastated. I was pretty devastated. So I remember um my brother and I decided we did not want to go our family was here our church was here our friends were here and we didn't want to go I mean we didn't want to be uprooted uh I was in love with you desperately Sean so I there was no way I could leave you and um so it ended up that we decided to go to my daddy's house because our grandparents couldn't take us in they rented and they were not able to take us in um at that time, my the other set of grandparents, I don't think we even considered them as an option because I just don't think they had the space. And my grandpa was an invalid. Right, he side. had Parkinson's. He so. had Parkinson's disease and he was bedridden. Um, so we, I do remember asking my grandparents, but they just couldn't. And I remember being desperately sad and I felt like we had nowhere to go. So we asked daddy. I remember my brother and I going to my dad's and sitting with him and his wife and ended up that... Um, Whoa. Sorry, I got a little louder there. Ended <laughs> up, well, the mic like really far away, so then I put it up a little closer. But we had a very hard conversation that night, and they were fine, I guess, feeling like they didn't have a choice with us moving in. Um, so we ended up moving in with my dad about a week later. I remember seeing my mom pull off. I was heartbroken, honestly. Um, because I felt like, I really felt like my dad had left when I was four and now my mom was leaving. 
and I didn't feel, I felt abandoned and alone and rejected. And I felt, I guess, in a sense, um, I was also having to fight for my place to have somewhere to stay. And that was rough. And um, I do remember that my dad and my stepmom had a different refrigerator in their home um, in the garage. Well, not the garage. It was like in the little pantry type walk-in dirt room type area. And then they had, you know, their regular one in the kitchen. And I remember them telling us to put all of our food and all of our stuff in the one out in the, um, in that little utility room area. Um, we did have our own bedrooms. That was my first time ever having my own bedroom. I had shared a room my entire life. Um, since the time I was 13 months old, I had shared a room with either my brother or my sister or both. Um, so that was my first time having my own room. So that part was nice. But during that season, um, there were women at church that were very rude. Um, they said very hurtful things. I think, I hope that I learned lessons from it on what's appropriate to say and what's not appropriate to say to people. But I remember them being like, your mama left you. I would never leave my children. And as a young woman that is 19, that their dad has left them when they were four, and now their mom has left to be with a man. Um, and, and granted, my mom would not have financially continued making it without much more of our help. But we were working, and I think we would have been willing to help. But we didn't know that it was quite that bad. Um, but these women would like, come at me so hard and fast and I remember one time I they had hurt me really bad these um two women and I remember praying to God and I was like God I need you to deal with them because I am broken I am hurting and I was crying I was in your vehicle with you and I was crying and one of the women came up to me at church the next weekend and like felt very strongly that they had done wrong and apologized to me now, the other woman never apologized. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a very tough um, season. Um, during that time, I gained quite a bit of weight because I really turned to food. And I would end up um, – I had been in nursing school after high school for one year. I did not finish nursing school. I've always regretted that. I know I could go back, but I'm just um, – I'm kind of happy with where I'm at with work and stuff like that right now. But um, – I went to nursing school for a year, and then I remember being told, um, if you're going to be successful in this, you are not going to be able to have a job, and somebody's going to have to be able to support you 100%. And I was like, there's no one. I mean, I was 18 years old, and I was like, at that time, and I was like, there's no one that is going to support me 100%. I have to pay my own insurance. I have to pay my own gas. There are things I have to do. No one can support me. So I quit nursing school. I was accepted into the program after my first full year. And so then I decided my best friend and I, Steph, we decided we're going to do, um, what do you call it? Culinary Cooking school. school because we love to cook. So here's the deal. Culinary. It was culinary school. I don't like to clean. I like to cook. I like to taste. It's all delicious, but I hated the cleaning part. And honestly, I think we only lasted, we didn't even last one semester in there because you know what? I was about to cut these fingers off. They had that big <laughs> chef knife and they were teaching me how to cut. And I was like, I'm going to lose a finger. It is going to happen. So um, at this time, uh, I ended up leaving 
and just working for, I worked for a dry cleaners. I ended up just going full time with the dry cleaners and I was still living with my dad at that time. And then you ended up asking me to marry you. We were going to get married almost a year later. And then we pushed the wedding date up by six months because we ended up buying a house. Yeah. Um, and you even told me later, I don't know if you remember this, but you told me I would not have married you that young. Um, I would have stayed at home longer. And I remember that hurt, but in the same sense, I was so thankful that you had been willing to marry me anyways. And I will say this, I was so needy and <laughs> so clingy and so mentally unhealthy that looking back on it, I was a crazed lunatic. And I don't know how we ended up making it work, but we did. <laughs> it's tough. I don't, but like, I personally, like, I thought I was normal, you know, but I didn't know I was, I was so extra. But because I had. Those feelings of being abandoned, those feelings of being rejected, I just really struggled. And I became very needy with you, and I felt like you were the only person who'd never left me. And that I didn't want you to ever leave me. And it was to the point that I could not travel without you. I remember going on a weekend trip years later with my mom and my sister, begging to come home. Because I could not be apart from you. I couldn't survive apart from you. So now, um, what's kind of weird is later... I got medicated uh, after I had my third kid. I was put on some medicine for anxiety because I had gotten to the point I could not function. Like I could not function in any social setting at all. I could only function with you, Sean. That was it. And barely. Um, and barely. Yeah, it was rough. And I ended up being put on medication after I had my third child. And within a month, it was life changing. And then what was weird was we went from a relationship that from 1998 till 2011, I was needy to the max to suddenly, Adrian is balls to the wall. She don't need nobody. Like, she's just normal. She's just pretty happy. I'm fairly normal. Um, You know, and like, I didn't, I was not as needy. So I would say that was a tough transition in our marriage for me to have been like so needy of you and then not. Don't you agree with that, Sean? Like, that I was so needy, and then suddenly I wasn't, and that was weird. I don't know because it did, it wasn't like a clear, definitive line of when it stopped. Just, I think it's because we didn't know to look for the clear. Right, that's line. what I'm saying. So I can't really tell you. I just remember when it was like, "Dang, do you even want to be around me anymore?" Probably because before that, I was like stuck at your freaking side. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Without you, I couldn't travel. I couldn't. Or you didn't do anything. want me to do much of anything. I didn't either. want you to go anywhere. I was like legit crazy, and I really just needed some medicine. But here's the deal: I had tried to press through with my faith. I had gone to a doctor, and they had told me, "I really believe you can handle this with your faith." So I took to praying and begging God to help me to overcome this anxiety, and it ended up that I really had a chemical imbalance in my brain that I need help for. So that's my big cry there is there's please for the love of God. If you were jacked up like I was, please talk to your daughter. Please get some help. Um, but yeah, so you, when, when we first got married too, we were so conservative. We were exactly what we were raised to be for a good amount of time. Well, there's a lot of years of a lot of, brainwash indoctrination for me 
Well, I mean, me too. Um, well, and no, it was different though. You think it was different? What do you? What you, do you think? You had the religious side of it, like I did, but I had the political side, hardcore. Mm. Like my so, political views were already made up for me before I even had a chance to think about it. So, do you feel like you didn't have a choice in your political views? No, what I'm saying is there was no other option in my mind. Uh, okay, so we're and we're talking everybody. We're talking ultra conservative extremist to the point too that i remember when it was between bush and gore at your house i remember it being a thing of a spiritual it, christian it is. nature it's never if, not that yeah because that like, there's always a boogeyman that's going to tear down destroy the constitution the first amendment the second amendment it's like none of it will ever last i was scared yeah, no, I'm Sean, I was scared. Like, if Gore fear. got it, I was scared that we were talking, like, end of the world. There would be no more homeschooling allowed. There would be... Wow. You know, it basically like a liberal concentration camp is what they expected the world to turn into or something. Well, I don't know. So I when we got know. married, like, 9-11 happened right after we got married. And yeah, I remember thinking, oh, months. my God, it is by the grace of God that Bush is in office. Yeah. Had Gore been in office... He would have made decisions that would have ended the world. Right. And now, now I'm like, like oh, my I God, preface Adrian. That was saying is like, I, I don't really want to get into the opinions of people talking. You know, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Gore versus Bush. What she's referring to is the mind state that the fear that they would put on you was if this person loses it is the end of the world, Armageddon. It's the end of the world, Jesus is coming back type yeah. situation. And I'm like, well, if you want him to come back quicker, why in the world would you be voting against it? Huh? It's, it's like, you were probably the only one like actively thinking that. Oh, no, no, I was with them. I was agreeing with them, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, so, wait, wait a minute, if you want him to come back sooner, then why don't... I think I remember asking my dad that one time, and he's like, well, you, you don't want to be responsible for that. Oh, my God, like you were the one that helped make yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, honestly... I was raised, um, my grandpa voted, he was a Democrat, and then I got with you, and your whole family was either, they were unaffiliated or Republican, but they but they oh, no, may no, have no. said unaffiliated, but they, they were, were Republican. Conservative. They weren't Republican. Oh, it was conservative. It was called conservative, you know, that it was before that was a, a common term. Oh, okay. You know, a conservative was someone who had values oh. and morals. A Republican is just somebody who's registered to a party. Oh. But typically, the Republican Party is more conservative than the Democrat Liberal Party. Oh, my know. gosh. Well, that's... You know, that's... Well... What were we even talking about? Well, I don't even remember now, but dating... Oh, the end of the world. Yeah, the end stuff. of the world. But but dating you very much swayed yeah, all yeah, my... Yeah. Pol- that's what so, we like, I about. was like, was let's get registered. You know, like, I was so ready. Like, my no, mom... No, to be fair, I did that to you. This is like, you did this to me? I was already, like, gung-ho, you know... You turned me into a... I did. <laughs> into, a baby, into a baby conservative at one Back time? Then. Yes. Interesting. I would say that it was so bad that I could not name one friend that would have voted different than my family. And so, you know, what is interesting to me about that is how are you like, I think what we try to create here when we are interviewing other people is we're trying to create diversity or, or like listen to different sides, to different be, stories. I just want to make it known that I do not have a political, like I'm not conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. I literally am 
Registered. Sean listens to the BS and then he tries to figure out what's the truth. Unaffiliated. So I'm, the only reason I'm saying this, and I don't want anybody to think I'm coming and attacking their teams, it has nothing to do with what that is what we're talking about. What we are talking about is just the mind frame and environment that we came up in. Yeah. Every candidate has a, a right to be their, their, their views heard and you vote on them based on that. That is my political agenda. If it sounds like you can do a good job, I'll vote for you. I'm now, not I agree with that now. I also now. have a personal opinion that I don't vote against stuff. I vote for stuff now. So oh. it's like I'm not voting against the end of the world coming. I'm vote, I have to find another reason to vote for a person in a positive. I'm so glad that you said that. Because if you said the other, that you were voting in regards to the end of the world, I no. <laughs> I might would be like, oh, shoot. I'm saying the boogeyman effect does not have an effect on me anymore because I realize that they are just trying to scare you into voting for them. So now you have to show me a positive side of your political agenda that I want to be a part of. That's. I'm going to totally digress here now to this as well. For those that don't know this, alcohol was also taboo. Yeah. Beyond taboo. To the point... That Sean and I decided to start drinking. I think I was twenty five and you were twenty four. Uh, yeah, something it's, around it's right that. around there. Yeah. And and we actually had conversations with our parents to let them know. Probably not you. Probably all me. Yeah, it was all you. I'm sure all me because I felt like I had to justify everything I was doing, and that was a very hard or at conversation least to have. Yourself. Yep, I felt like I needed to do that. I'm sure that comes from some kind of. Uh, past issue that will come up in therapy later <laughs> but uh yeah that was interesting even uh so not only the alcohol thing uh halloween when we decided we would celebrate halloween with our children we never really decided though we just kind of like well let's get a costume we just did it but then i remember even decorating for halloween at work the insane amount of guilty pleasure i had Almost like a little rebellious child. That sounds bad. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoy decorating for Halloween. And in fact, this year at age 40 is the first time ever that I decorated my home for Halloween. Ever. Because we didn't do that. I remember neighbors that decorated for Halloween. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at that neighbor decorating for Halloween. They don't put anything up for Christmas. Right. Oh my gosh. Yep. Like, but that was my mindset. My mindset, and now, like, when I see people decorate for Halloween, I'm like, yeah, get it, boy, that looks good. You know, like, now I have a different mindset. Now it can be a fun thing, you know. But it was also fear. Well, back then, it was the fear of, you know, that's when they do Demonic. human sacrifices. Is we 100% Halloween. believe that. You I'm know, not saying they don't still. Maybe, you know, know, that particular time of the years when the spiritual barrier is the weakest and you know things can come through more yes which oh I've my heard God. other people like not even christian people talk about that but but i remember just doing um we used to be in a puppet ministry for those that don't know <laughs> and sean could play guitar puppet before he could actually play the real guitar and he was really really good at it so we were in this i'm not gonna ministry. lie i'm pretty good at doing puppets. He, he could be a real muppet a real Muppeteer. I have studied. Like he, if, Human we just arm, need to do right it sometime. Oh my God. We need to get a puppet and a guitar fours. and let you perform a song for our friends. And they're going to be like, <laughs> no, shoot, Sean, I had no, no idea. No. And then guess what? After that, they're going to be like, let's create a puppet team, nope. Sean. Nobody likes puppets anymore. They have anime. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's accurate. So, 
Unless it's crank hankers. What or was something I saying stupid. with the puppets? Oh, Halloween shows. Halloween stuff. Always. Hallelujah night. We would have a Hallelujah night because you didn't actually celebrate Halloween. So we we'd didn't do an alternative. Have Halloween in the name. You could not wear no scary, scary costume. costumes. Don't show up in a scary costume. But if a child does, don't treat them less. Unless they're from your church and then you tell somebody. Oh my God, are you serious? Uh, no, that was the unspoken Okay, okay, thing. okay. Everybody gossiped about that person. Oh my God. I never that? dressed up for Halloween as a kid. But I digress. Um, the Halloween thing. I remember like Halloween shows we would do for Halloween night. And I remember there would be so much tension. A Halloween alternative. It was a Halloween alternative. And I remember there'd be so much tension and I'd be like, mm-hmm. it's because it's Satan's night. It's Satan's night. That's and right, that Judy why, Gemstone. That is why right now we are feeling the effects of an attack against us and we are struggling as a team, but we're going to come together. And we are going to minister for Jesus and overcome the devil We're going to minister to all the poverty persons out there. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so <laughs> we are just going all over the place with our story, my story. But it's... That was a line from a TV show. If you it was. Know. Righteous Gemstones, y'all. Check it out. Um, okay, so then we start having kids. Sean, how long are we into this? Because I know, like... Hour and 41 Oh, minutes. we're not doing as bad as some people. As bad as some people? No, you, are I you don't, talking no, bad about I love my guest. It's me. <laughs> I'm asking you questions. What I'm saying is in my own telling of my story, I thought that maybe I had gone like way too long already. You definitely didn't use the right words. For I'm that. sorry, my guest. I love you. We're I don't know what is bad as some people. I need forgiveness. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Those were the wrong words. It was okay. So funny. It was funny though. But now it was the wrong word. No, I'm sorry, Ricky Bobby. Everybody's going to be so self-conscious when they come in now. It's like, how long, how long should We I? have a three-hour minimum. <laughs> Adrian hasn't hit it yet. So we started having babies pretty young. I kind of talked you into that. And there's a lot I can get into. But our oldest one, Marissa, is 19. She has special needs. We did not know that she had special needs. Uh, if she had been my second pregnancy, totally would have known. She only rolled across my stomach like one time. Sean had never held a baby. Not true. You would hold. You'd held your niece that was born a month before Rissa that I forced into like your arms, and you looked at me second like you were going to kill me. Here, hold the baby. No. Sean didn't want to do it, right? No. But Sean still don't. Don't, don't try to hand me your. T- to this day, I do not dislike anybody else's baby. But I have absolutely no desire to hold your precious baby. You keep a hold of that precious baby. You don't want to put that baby you holding that precious in your baby. nice, warm, cuddly arms. It does not need to feel my warm body whatsoever. I like your warm body. And I don't want to feel its weird little tiny squishy body whatsoever. So no, you don't want to feel responsible for that time. I little. just, no, I just have, I don't want it. You did fine with your own babies. Yeah, I was perfectly fine with my. You were great. I was loving. You're really good with cats and dogs too. Goats. He's got. I didn't really like the goats. If I'm being honest, I mean, he had some goats growing up. That's why we say that. Um. Okay. Well, we had Rissa. We had no idea she had special needs. At like 13 months old, her doctor basically was like, "Hey." She has low muscle tone. That's why she's not walking. I knew that she wasn't babbling on time. She wasn't doing things on time. Essentially, Marissa ended up with a chromosome duplication. I didn't find out she was eight years old, what was going on. So, Marissa started walking at two and a half. Um, Speech-wise, 
Good God, she might have been six years old before we could understand her, poor thing. And she couldn't sing. You would go to her little school functions, and she wouldn't even sing. She would just stand there like a little knot on a log. So it is amazing now if you see Marissa. Um, Marissa's the reason we can't be heathens. We could totally oh, we say, could still be heathens. well, we could be, but we could like say, hey, we're done with this whole church business. And depending on who's listening, we already are. Oh, well, that's true, too. But Marissa, <laughs> like, literally loves Jesus and loves his people and loves all the things that involve church. She could stay at church. She has stayed at church. When you were playing and doing three services, she would stay for all three. I'm like, peace out, brother. I'm gone. The only reason I would ever stay would be to talk to people. <laughs> like, that's it. And that's because I love people. And especially during COVID, that was exciting for me. Um, but she, um, we found at eight years old that she has a chromosome duplication. It is at XP 11.23-XP 11.22. To sum up what you were trying to say was it was more difficult with our first child because we had no idea what we were doing, plus we had no idea what was going on. Yeah, we had no so idea. you finally dug, 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 dug like a crazy person. Well, because a lot of things changed in her body when she was like six, seven, eight. So at eight years old, we got a diagnosis. Yeah. They tell me with the diagnosis, there's probably no one else like her. Like, probably no one else. Um. So it ended up that maybe a year later, I was sitting at work one day, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to Google this address on her DNA ladder. Google. I did. And so I looked it up and there was a Facebook group and I was actually able to find other people that had children like Marissa. Um, we actually met a family. We vacationed with them several times. Their daughter, our daughter and Marissa are very similar. Our daughter and Marissa. Shoot. Their daughter and How our daughter. How many kids do we Marissa. have? No. Their daughter is a yeah. year older than Marissa. And then, um, and then Marissa, they were just so similar. Like, even down to, if you've ever had a conversation with our child, she shuts her eyes while she talks. You could ask these girls a question, and both the girls would shut their eyes at the same time. It was super weird, super cool for them to be so um, nearly identical. Um, we had Allie when Marissa was two. I remember Allie, I remember Marissa could not walk when I got pregnant with Allie. Yeah. And I remember people being like, what are you going to do? And if I was like. you have another one. I said, it's going to work out. Oh, well, they just meant, what are you going to do with a baby? We didn't know then what Rissa's diagnosis was. We didn't know why she couldn't walk. We just thought she had some delays and some low muscle tone. Um, so we have Allie, and Allie was, like, the coolest baby. She was a fantastic baby. She looked just like you. And Oh, no, she looked much better than me. Well, she was adorable and the little puffy cheeks. Wait, hold up. She got the puffy cheeks from your side. Whatever. You got puffy cheeks, too. I got, like, chubby cheeks from being fat. Okay. Well, I will admit then that Allie inherited the the cheeks from my side of the family. Yeah. We do. There are some of us. Jowls. We have jowls. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> God, I'm going to punch him. I swear. <laughs> a shoe is going to fly across the motherfucking room in about a second. But um, when Allie was born... uh. She was an easy baby, like, but she would interpret what Marissa was saying. Marissa would be like, um, four years old, Allie was two, and Marissa would be like, blah, 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 blah. like, and, and Marissa knew what she was saying, and if you didn't repeat it accurately, you could not blah, blah, blah back. You had to give her exactly in, in normal English what she had said, and if you couldn't do that, she would get so upset so and eventually mad. start crying. So mad. Allie could interpret. Allie'd be like two and she'd be like, she said she wants a biscuit. I'm like, what? 
how do you know this chunk? What the crap? So Allie, Allie, I say, was born an old soul. And um, I have to admit, I miss Allie being a, a young child. I wish I could relive some of that because I was under so much stress with what I was dealing with with Marissa that I feel like I missed a lot with Allie, and that breaks my heart. No, I mean, it, it definitely was a reality, which sucks. You yeah, know, it breaks my heart. I wish I could have a redo. I mean, but everyone is so focused on, like, issues that they don't really yeah. realize their focus is unfocused from just, the other one. And right. I was so overprotective of Marissa. Yes. People would make comments. Were. You still are. Well, I still am. Yes. And you are a great... We, we make a great team because there are things about Marissa that I would continue to do forever for her. And you're like, Adrian, she is capable. And I have I respect that about you. I respect that you have helped me and that we've really parented together. I probably didn't let you for a long time, but the medicated Adrian has become a little better. <laughs> She's loosened. No, I don't her think it has slightly. anything to do. It's really more of a I convenience thing. I felt pretty controlling thing. now. Now, uh, like I was talking about now, it's like you instead of trying to ask her to do these things where she maybe struggles with a little bit, you would rather just go ahead and do it and have it be done. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's like nobody wants to. But I mean, there are some things that Rissa cannot do. But it's funny because I'm like Sean; she cannot do that. I've sat with her and I have tried, and you're like, "Oh, I bet she could." Like a lot of it's just willpower. Yeah, she's she's lazy. I don't want her to hear me. She's downstairs. She's stubborn and she has a big streak of lazy. And it gets her in trouble. And it does. It does. And and she's also she's so funny. She could be the sweetest person on earth, but then. Princess Marissa. She turns into a princess. She really, really does. And Allie's hardcore, balls to the wall, hard shell, but so soft on the inside. Old soul would give you anything, but will also tell you to F off. And I'm not lying. And then we had Judah. Defense mechanism. We had Judah when I turned 30. I had to be on bed rest with him for a month. So old. You were 29 and feeling fine. I'm still in my 20s. Yeah, you're still in your 30s, boy. I'm still in my 30s. Yeah. Well, I will tell you one thing. All good things must come to an end. I don't think it was because he was a boy and they were girls, but we were like grandparents when we had him. Oh, it was Man, a he'd whole do something. different world. He'd do something. We'd be like, well, on, look at that. Look at how cute Allie he is. was six. Allie was six when he was born. Yeah. But Allie was already... At six years old, could care for him like a grown woman. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm talking about it. It's six years. It was a little bit of a gap in between. So Allie. and the, and here's so the we had grown up quite a bit. We had almost made it to thirty by that point. Yeah, and all of our children were planned. So we tried for Marissa for eight months. When we had Marissa, because we tried for that, Adrian was not. I don't know what happened to me. I did not have your normal postpartum. The minute my children were born, I look at Sean across the room and go, mm-hmm. that's a good looking man there holding that baby. Right? So I don't know what happened. That's I why know I don't you hold wish... babies. Okay, whatever. Yeah, if you <laughs> thought that was the case, you'd hold babies every day. You'd be like, Adrian, I'm holding a baby. Look at me. I'm holding a baby. But um, I don't even know where I was going. Wait, why did you Weird like postpartum. That? Oh, yeah, yeah. I instead was like, 
drawn to you. So I didn't wait your usual six weeks, we'll say. Okay, I know, I know, I'm telling it all. So when we began consummation time again, fornicating. It ain't fornicating what, when you're in What, what when are you're you even... T- what when we story, began doing the hoop What part of the story is this? It's the part where we planned all our babies. So how does this... L- so it leads in because immediately <laughs> I was not on any birth control. And we okay, were like, let okay. Me, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. Let me help. Okay, where are you going to go? Can I help show? you with this? I'm going to allow you to help After me with this. After we had Marissa, Adrian was not opposed to the idea of having another baby. Soon after. So she did the birth control thing for a while, but well, got like tired month? of it. And then we just didn't do birth control until we had Allie, because we did not mind having another kid. It just took a couple years. So, it was... Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Essentially, essentially. All right. You're going through a 12-foot hole to get You don't to even want to know the kind of thoughts running through my head that I'm trying not to say out loud. Okay. So, that I'm trying to, like, withhold myself. Like, Adrian, don't tell it all. I said at the beginning of this podcast that I've always been known for saying too much. I don't mind... If you talk excessively about, like, you know, if you bring up a lot, I'm used to it. But when you start telling a part of a story that has no correlation to the other part of the story, you're just throwing in extra details for the sake of details. But that's part of who I am. We can't control that part of me. We already know that. It doesn't work. I'm trying to help. I know you're trying to help navigate me through life, but it doesn't always work. No, I'm not going to navigate you through life. Come on. Marissa, Allie, planned. Then we're done. We don't want any more babies. Peace out, brother. We done. I got an IUD. I just got that thing changed. Yeah, we fresh. We ready for another five years, right? We got that changed when Allie was like five, right? (laughs) All of a sudden, I start getting this strong feeling of I'm supposed to have another baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. No, it wasn't I want a baby. It was, I'm supposed to have one. And I, I was like, baby, I what is this feeling? I get to sleep late. I don't have to pick up food on the floor anymore. I don't have We're to stay out up all night with a baby. We're, well, Marissa. Kids are in school. Daycare costs is down. Yes, finally. But then, no, Allie was going to start school when she was six. So we were still paying for my mom to watch Allie because Allie was I five. Know, but what I'm saying is. We're we, about to be yeah. done. We're about to be done. And I have this strong feeling I'm supposed to have a baby. And I was like, what is this? And so I prayed and I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to have another baby, change Sean's mind. Because Sean was like, no. We went out to dinner and I was like, Sean, I have this like feeling. I said, have this baby or whatever. And he's like, sure, let's try. So I went, had my IUD taken right back out. The daughter had just put the freaking thing in three months before. And I said, we've decided to have another baby. And so she was like, okay, not a problem. And I got pregnant faster with Judah than I had ever gotten pregnant with any of my children. And I knew his name ahead of time. And so the really weird thing was that years before Marissa had drawn a family picture and in the family picture, she had said, um, she had drawn a picture of our family. We had a cat at the time and a little brother. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, that's my little brother. And I said, we have a human being mom. And she said, yes, we are. And I was like, uh-uh. And so from day one when I was pregnant with Judah, she knew it was a boy. And, like, even at the ultrasound, she was in there with us, and she's kind of looking at us like, mm-hmm, I told you. It was so funny. She was even in the room when Judah was born, so it was fantastic. So um, we have dealt with everything in our home. Marissa has special needs. Allie has battled I wouldn't, some. No, we have not dealt with everything. Okay, in our yeah, home. you're right. Maybe not everything. We are, we are very <laughs> fortunate. Near it. We have dealt with a myriad of things. Let's say that. Marissa 
with the chromosome duplication, um, I will tell you being a special needs parent, we'll probably have more episodes in the future with some special needs parents. It is very tough. It is hard to go into an IEP meeting, which is like an individualized education plan for your child. And to hear that your child is three years younger mentally than what they are physically. It's very difficult to hear those things. A lot of that I did alone because Sean's work schedule, there was resentment there throughout the years. Um, because I felt like I was doing it all alone. But Sean's always been a great dad. It was more of a work thing. Um, Allie, you know, we've dealt with depression, anxiety. Um, she's a fantastic kid, though. Fantastic human. Um, Judah has an eating disorder. He has avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's very detailed. And he has an anxiety disorder. Um, we have some cats. Uh, one of them is laying lazily in front of me right now that literally there was a year. Um, Judah is currently medicated. There was a year where you could not even touch Judah. Like he physically would be like, don't touch me when he would get overstimulated. And this one cat named Marmalade, this child could go get this cat and I would go find them laying on the top of a bunk bed, cuddled up together hugging one another and I'll be like thank God for this cat because as a mother you want to reach out you want to touch your child you want to help your child but everything was overstimulating you couldn't ask him questions you couldn't do anything um so our life I mean we've come to a place too where we over the last few years maybe the last five years I would say we've become more open to questioning things we believe together. I know it's like I, I kind of started out this is my story, but it's really our story too. Um, well, it just intertwined. It does. It very much point. intertwines. And I'm very thankful it intertwines because remember what I said earlier? You're my favorite place on earth. Mm -hmm. That's you. Um, I don't... It was, we, we started it's changing... Not, it's, it's been a very good relationship. I am very thankful like, for you. There you are know, days I hate so many you. times we kind of talk well, about we hit the high spots of this thing and this obstacle and that obstacle and you know yeah this that we overcame, but all the space in between was you know pretty dang always, good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's always been pretty good. And I don't mean to say I hate you. I said earlier. And the only reason I'm saying you. that is I don't mean like, that. I'm not trying to make a situation seem. More dramatic than it was, you know, because we're condensing 20-something years into a couple hours. Yeah. I think we have a very special relationship. When I said earlier there are days I hate you, I don't mean that I actual days. I mean, there are times I don't like you. There's times you don't like me. But at the end of the day, you're still who I want to come home to. You're still who I want to do life with. We work through those tough situations. I'd say we've been very fortunate in the fact that neither one of us have ever cheated. Now, if you got something to tell me, brother, I'm about to get my knife sharpened. Okay, nope. I'm sorry. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Woo! Close call there, guys. Close call. Imagine that dialed up a little bit worse for like... Ten years. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah, it was, it was a little intense. Yeah, it was a little intense. I was a pretty jealous woman. I've gotten so much better now. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like, I still want to do life with you. You're my favorite person. We are super excited that in about three weeks, we are going on a cruise for our 21st wedding anniversary. And yep. we've never been gone from our children that long together. And my sister's going to come in, and we're so thankful that she's willing to come in and help um, with the kids. But... 
I cannot wait to spend a whole week with you. Exploring that body. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. No, it was actually hilarious. On the Lido dick in front of everybody. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Once again, totally kidding. Um, It's not even funny. It is funny, actually. (laughs) It's hilarious. Um, But I also want to say our niece lives with us. And I'm super thankful for our niece. Um, We had a, a lot of the reason that our beliefs changed years ago um, was because we had a niece that we had a feeling. That was a catalyst for you. It was a catalyst for me. It was a huge Uh, catalyst for me. You may have already been fine with some of your stuff changing. Yeah, don't, I mean, I had a completely different journey than you did. Well, my journey very much is being an LGBTQIA ally, and it is because of relationship. I love my niece so much. And I love all my nieces and nephews so much. Um, I have a nephew that um, he has autism and he messages me every week with the books he's bought for that week. And it like touches my heart so much. Like I love all my nieces and nephews. But this one um, we knew we had a feeling that maybe, but we weren't sure. And then when they came out to us, we told her that we loved her anyways. And so then because of my faith, I, at that point, did not believe that you could be a Christian and be gay. And I was scared for her soul. So at that point, I started doing very, very detailed research, balls to the wall. But needless to say, in all of this, um, we have had some family issues over the years. But our niece now lives with us, and we love her immensely. And we treat her like one of our own children. So, um, yeah. We're super thankful. And it's, there's been times we didn't know if our family was going to completely fall apart. But so far, we're all hanging in there and we're doing good. And I'm thankful for that. And I hope we can continue having productive relationships with all of our family, you know. And I love what the podcast is doing. And I currently have a dog downstairs that's screaming. Sean, is there any more of my life story that you think is like utterly important? I've worked for the same I'm sure, but I'm not going to try to force it. Like, like, I don't know. I still love Jesus. We'd have to be, like, going back and forth. I still love Jesus, forth. but I, I cuss now. That just started <laughs> a year ago. Hello, my name is Adrian Sims, and I'm I a... I have prof- a confession to make. Yeah. Are so, you swears? Harsh swears? Yeah. But guess what, guys? I am me, and I love myself. So... And my dog just came in the room, and I'm so excited. And he's his tail is wagging everywhere. So I'm going to say peace out, and thank you for listening to my story, and thank you for all that Sean did with talking about my story too. Goodbye. Bye.